Human Vortex Training and Menachem Brody present the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast, where we talk strength training, physiology, psychology, tech, and much more to help you get fitter, faster, and stronger in and out of your sport, giving you expert insights, talking with other leading experts. And now, your host, world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode 74 of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about mental toughness, and we're going to follow up last week's episode with Dr. Lisa Lewis on winter coming and the mental and uh, psychological challenges that poses for everybody, not just endurance athletes. So if you haven't listened to that yet, definitely stop this episode, go back, uh, make sure you're liking and subscribing, give us a five-star review here for the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast on whatever fine purveyor of podcast you are listening to us on, uh, and listen to that interview. It is really really, really important. We talk about building a mental immunity. uh, And this is something that I think is uh, really the next frontier for endurance athletes. And and maybe it's the final frontier, you know, for now, or maybe hormonal uh, training is going to be the final frontier. But what I can tell you is this, we've broken through the barrier of strength training for endurance athletes. Uh, it only took about 65 years or so, uh, with the last five being kind of uh, fast forward. And now with everybody stuck at home, buying fitness equipment and doing stuff at home, uh, things have gone a little bit better, but also worse when it comes to strength training for endurance athletes. Uh, the main thing that's made it worse is a lot of the myths and misconceptions have pretty grown like wildfire. You know, the great thing about the internet is anybody can write an article. The other not so great thing about the internet is that anybody can write an article and when it has lots of clicks or it's number one in Google ranking, uh, automatically people are going to say, oh, this is the best source of information. Well, sometimes that comes because the the place that it's being put is uh, highly uh, established for other reasons. Uh, maybe they do lots of great bike information or lots of great bike tech reviews, but the information that they're putting out there is not necessarily the best. So you have to be a very wary uh, consumer of what's out there. And we actually did a podcast back in episode 30, helping you to better learn how to interpret and read the research articles, which so many people are just blindly uh, pointing to and saying, look, our strength training or our training is scientifically based. We're training by science. So I'm going to get up on a soapbox for a minute. So if you don't like this tough, but you need to hear it. I don't train by science. I don't build my training plans based off of what science is telling me today. I used to, I used to be exactly that person of saying, look, I train by science. This is what the latest research says until going through and having my own coaches and my own mentors challenge that and say, well, how do you think they got to that point with the research to actually look at that question? And why do you think it is that that they're studying that? It's because the best in the world, the best coaches and athletes in the world were doing something uh, and they went to explore why does it work? Or they went, well, people are doing X. Why does that work? And then they come out with, oh, that doesn't actually work. Uh, So this is really important. Go back and listen to episode 30 uh, where we talk about research and and really listen and practice. Put that into daily practice of breaking down uh, the exact way to read the research. Uh, So we talk about is triathlon actually healthy and how to really read a research article. This is really important. It's one of the, the major 
uh, points that you should have as a smart, intelligent, and savvy cyclist or triathlete is understanding it's not just following the outcomes of the research, but being able to read uh, how they did the research, who they used for the research, uh, as well as did they actually find something uh, that is significant or it's just a P.05 or less than 0.05, which means 95% of the time it's true because uh, they just broke the research down a specific way. So make make note of that. Now, uh, as we move and we shift today's topic of mental toughness, this is one of the reasons why I mentioned that research articles, because there's a lot of different misinformation out there about mental toughness and what it is. It's HTFU and uh, Jocko Wilnick and all these other things. Now, these are different tools. These are different things that you can use, but none of those are actually mental toughness. And Dr. Lisa Lewis uh, mentioned it last week in our podcast with her, as well as the previous episode uh, which with her as well, which if you haven't listened to, uh, you totally need to go back and listen to episode 52, where we talk about the corona shutdown of the 2020 season and how to keep a positive mental outlook. So you can hear lots of great resources here on the Strong Savvy Psychos and Triathlete podcast uh, in through our previous uh, interviews. But these things are not mental toughness. A lot of these are tools to hype you up, to get you that little push to get you through the day. But true mental toughness and resilience is the ability to know thyself and to be able to stay balanced no matter what else is going on. And uh, follow Dr. Lisa Lewis over on Instagram. She has some great posts as well as sign up for her weekly newsletter. I know it sounds like a, a push for her because it is because she's a great resource for us as athletes, it's not taking these, uh, you know, someone who's a a, uh, a developmental psychologist or someone who's a positive psychologist and a performance psychologist. She actually practices sport and she shares uh, her own struggles as you as she goes along, so you can understand uh, and maybe identify with what she's going through as well. So. That's one resource, and that's really the point of today is to give you resources to help you build true mental toughness, and it really is that resiliency to deal with life's ups and downs. It's not to not have bad days. You know, I have been going through a little bit of a rough time myself. You know, um, the riding around here, they've closed down one of the uh, major bike riding uh, areas in the park. I don't like riding in the open road on the road bike. Uh, I'm waiting for a gravel bike in my size to come in so I can finally start doing that stuff. And uh, it is really tough. You know, sport for me, movement for me is a large part of my medicine. My daily dose is getting up and moving and doing something. So kettlebell workouts at home have been standing in, but it's not the same as you and I know going out and exploring on the bike to be out in sunset, to be out in nature, to go push yourself uh, or just to pedal along. And that mental toughness is the ability to recognize how you're feeling and embrace those feelings and be present in that moment. So if you want to call it mindfulness, you can, but it's really a presence that you need to develop in order to be able to withstand the life's ups and downs. It's not having fantastic, amazing days all the time and lying to yourself or others. In fact, social media is full of people who seem to have it all. I was listening to uh, music the other day during my workout. I, I don't remember the name of the song, but the artist, uh, music uh, artist Drake had a song where he's rapping about, uh, I know a girl who, uh, whose only uh, dream was to be in Rome, and then she spent the whole time snapping pictures to show people at home. Like, and he's rapping and, and sharing with us the disease that is social media in, in comparison. I see other fitness pros. I myself, I, I have gone through it. And I'm like, why is this person having so many comments on a post? And mine, which has the information that can help people uh, or, or that can make a difference for these people, is not. Whereas his is entertaining and mine is, is helpful. Whatever it is, you can hear, you know, it's kind of whining a little bit. Not nice. 
But that mental toughness is, well, why am I whining? I have people that are helping. Well, I'm here when they're ready. I'm just going to keep putting out good content. I'm not going to compare myself to so-and-so. It doesn't matter. What matters is I'm helping one person or I'm helping maybe myself. The mental toughness is not comparison, uh, not you know moving the goalposts. That's one of the biggest mistakes I think a lot of uh, endurance athletes make in the winter is they say, well, I want to get to 3.5 watts per kilo or 4.6 watts per kilo. And then they get to 4.6 watts per kilo and say, well, my VO2 max is really low and I need to get that up to, uh, to 7.9. Stop moving the freaking goalposts. How about we stop and celebrate the the small wins that we get here? And this is what mental toughness really is. And people don't talk about this side of mental toughness. Mental toughness is getting through the hard days and pushing through a workout and kicking butt and taking names. Well, not really. You know, about 10% of your workouts, 15% of your workouts are going to be those where just they suck. You get into the gym and you're just like, man, this I, I can do it, but it... Yeah. <laughs> don't want to be here today. Then you've got the 5 to 10% at the top end where you just come in and you're like, I am the best in the world. Same on the bike. I remember three specific sprint workouts and one uh, climbing repeat workout that I had way back when where I just crushed it. I was like, man, why is today not my race? And then three days later, I had a crappy workout. The mental toughness is being able to maintain an even keel. Recognize when you're having a great day. Great. Your power didn't drop. And you can learn more about this. Uh, you can read the Training and Racing with the Power Meter book, which talks about how to change or, or to dial back or stop your efforts based off of percentage of power output drop, uh, as opposed to just going for time. And of course, that depends on you having the ability and the time to do more repeats. But on that specific day, I happen to do not six, but 11 climbing repeats in my desired power range. And that was what's called the development day. I pushed my fitness forward and I felt it for about three weeks. I had a huge increase in my in my abilities for climbing and for my overall riding. Uh, and then it kind of dialed back because I did not have the mental toughness to say, hey, this isn't going to last forever. I need to make sure I keep listening to my body and I need to dial it back. No. And that's where I thought I was going through the mental toughness saying, no, HTFU, I really need to push. I had 11 and today's I'm number four and I should do three more. Even though my power dropped and I know I should stop, I should do another one. And I did another one. It was even worse. No, I need to do another one. I need to do six because that's what I wrote. Instead of having the mental toughness and saying, no, I need to stop uh, because this is not going to be beneficial for me. My body is telling me, hey, dude, you don't have it today, bro. Pack it in. You did the work. You did the minimum necessary to maintain and to move one to 2% better. And it's time to go the freak home and call it a day and adapt. That's mental toughness. But nobody's talking about that. It's all HTFU and how hard was your workout and how sore are you and how many days a week did you work out? How many, how many days, how many kilometers or miles did you ride in a year? How many kilometers did you do last week? How many hours? And it becomes this absurd bragging. I did 14 hours of riding on the trainer last week. And it's only the second week of January. I'm already up to 18, uh, 180 miles for the year. Where are you? Oh, well, I've done uh, four by 65-minute high-intensity workouts, and I've only done like uh, 87 miles so far. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Where are who, who are we to compare? And then the first one, I know that's a little bit of a snobby, snobby voice, but you, that's what it is, right? And on behind keyboards... Man, we are awful. I don't see the person in front of me, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to put out there what I feel. 
And I'm not saying we need to be in this like super hypersensitive, like, oh, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings by, uh, you know, saying it's going to retard progress. I'm going to say it's going to slow progress. We don't need to get to that level of, of absurdity about language. But you don't want to go out and brag and say, oh, well, I did 16 hours on Swift and da, da, da. You can and should celebrate your milestones. But going out there and then comparing yourself to somebody else, how do you know that the guy who's doing the three by 65 minutes doesn't have two kids at home? One of them's not sleeping. Uh, He's working an extra job because he wants to be able to go on vacation. How do you know that what he's doing is right for him and what you're doing is right for you? How do you not know that? And we don't. And that's a different type of mental toughness, the ability to shut it off, not compare to others. Now, there is this healthy balance that we're going to need to have. And that is, we need to have a carrot in front of us uh, in order to help us go forward. But if we make the carrot uh, too far away, like we say, you know what, I want to retire with uh, $5 million in my account, and I'm 19 years old, and you're not even making you know, $18,000 a year, well, that carrot is way off in the distance. You're going to need a, a rocket ship to get to that carrot. Whereas if you say, you know what, I'm 19, I'd really like to retire with uh, 5 million, but that's so far down. Uh, what I want to do instead is I want to find a job and I'm going to uh, get debt free and I'm going to follow a, a process and that's going to get me to the point where I'm completely debt free, no student loan debt, and then I'm going to save 15% of my income first and foremost after I'm debt free uh, towards my retirement. And I'm going to do that every single month no matter what happens. And they keep doing that when they're making $20,000 a year, when they're making $40,000 a year. When they're making $65,000 a year, they have a surprise bonus, 15% goes in. And that's the mental toughness that a lot of people miss is that consistency, the ability to uh, trust the process, go with the plan, but also to trust your body on a day that, it, you know, like I had, your body's going to keep going. You have the time, you keep going. On the days that it says, nope, it doesn't matter if you wrote an hour and a half, you only got about 45 minutes and three of these, buddy, because effort number four sucked. You have to have that mental toughness to be able to dial back uh, and to be able to stay true to what works for you. Now, the other side of mental toughness that a lot of people don't talk about uh, is the mental toughness to seek help. And this is uh, a bigger issue that I've seen in the triathlon community than the cycling community in that triathletes have this, I don't need a coach approach. I just need to swim, bike, and run and follow the free training plans. And I'm saying this not as a coach, but as a fellow athlete. And that is you will need someone to consult with to help you be able to dial in uh, and get you to where you need to be. And that's everybody. You know, I've had a couple people send me uh, videos of them riding and they say, well, and I asked them, well, did you do a bike fit? Oh yeah, well, I did a bike fit by myself. I did a bike fit on my own. Doesn't work like that. That's one of the things with bike fit is you need another person there to have that perspective. And they say, well, I had such and such cameras and I recorded myself doing X, Y, and Z. And it just does not work like that. And that's the thing a lot of people miss, you know, bike fitting in in specific, uh, you need to be there to see it dynamically, uh, to understand. Now, it's not to say that going to a bike fitter, you just follow what they say. If you have that experience or that knowledge or that skill set, you certainly can contribute and should contribute to the conversation. It is your body. It is your bike. Uh, But when it comes to bike fitting, that's just one of the things that you can't do for yourself. Now, the other reason we can't do it for ourselves and also for strength training, also for training plans, uh, it is always a great idea to have a second set of eyes on things. Now, that could be a friend. Uh, it could be a coach who just happens to look over things. Uh, I've done that with some of the riders that I've, I've regularly ridden with. You know, say, hey, you're a coach. Um, I don't want to hire you, but would you mind looking over my training plan? Sure. Let's uh, grab a coffee and uh, I'm happy to go over it. 
And, you know, usually they'll pay for coffee and a sandwich, uh, and we'll spend a half hour going over it. Now, if someone says, hey, I want you to deep dive or go over my training plan, and then they're like, oh, well, look at this, 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 this ride. It's like, okay, well, let's let's go through. It's going to be a consulting fee, and here's why. This is what we're going to do. Having that second set of eyes on your training really helps. Now, this doesn't mean that I am against people being self-coached. I actually think that self-coaching uh, is a really, really important part of your discovery as an athlete. Uh, this is why I do, I practice a athlete-led coaching process uh, where the athlete is very much involved. Of course, with beginners, you don't know what you don't know. And uh, there's a lot more, you know, I'm going to take the reins, but we're going to have a conversation about this and talk about why this happens uh, and why we're doing this and asking and getting feedback. And some people just want to be coached and that's okay. But sharing information, sharing resources with them to help make you uh, smarter, more savvy, more intelligent cyclist or triathlete is going to help you be able to, one, get far more out of the sport. And there are some people who tell me, I really don't care about the science. You don't have to share it with me. I'm not interested. Don't share it with me. And I still give small pieces, the important parts of, oh, well, when you're pedaling, this muscle is really active and this is why we want to do this exercise. We're like, all right, cool. All right. And the, the reason I give those little drops uh, is because it helps them to better understand their body themselves. And again, that is developing toughness. You can't be tough if you don't understand what you're being tough for or what that toughness is getting you towards. It doesn't mean you need to know the minutiae or the even the, the global small differences or the global uh, difference. You just have to know white versus black, blue versus red. And what that does is allow us to identify what works for me, what doesn't work for me. I have a long-term client I've been working with for a number of years, I think about a half a decade at this point, and I still ask him, hey, Dan, did you feel that in the glutes or the hamstrings? Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, and then we go through and he says, okay, actually, yeah, I feel a little bit more in the glutes, but I can't tell you where. So it's getting him that mindfulness just to be aware of what we're looking for out of the exercise. And that allows me to say to him, you need to push and you need to make sure you're going with the glutes as opposed to the hamstring because otherwise you're going to have back pain. So that mental toughness goes from, oh, I'm going to push through and have back pain uh, to, oh, I'm going to push through and get a burn in the glutes. These are all bits and pieces of mental toughness that a lot of us don't talk about. Knowing thyself, uh, being able to understand the big differences or the big pieces. We Again, we don't need the minutia. Uh, so there's a couple great books I'd really like to recommend for today's uh, short episode here on the Strong Savvy Cycle Center Athlete Podcast. And uh, if you find any of these books useful or if you found what we've talked about so far useful, please share this uh, podcast episode with five other people. Uh, give us a rating over on whatever fine purveyor of podcast you're downloading us from, whether it's SoundCloud, uh, Anchor, or iTunes. Now, the first book is one that I've been giving out probably for the better part of 15 years. And uh, actually, I think it's a little bit less than 15 years. I don't think it was printed until uh, 2000 and, uh, 2006. Let's take a look here. 2001. No, no. So it's, yeah, since day one. Uh, and that is Mind Gym. Mind Gym. An Athlete's Guide to Inner Excellence by Gary Mack with David Kestevens. Uh, Forward is by Alex Rodriguez, uh, one of the most dominant baseball players of the 90s and 2000s. Um, the highest paid baseball player as well. And now the thing is, is uh, this is a great actionable, short chapters, uh, really built well in a, a order that can really help people uh, develop very quickly uh, and get better and just have a mental workout. Now, the next one is more for coaches. Uh, it's uh, uh, actually a footballer in America. We call it soccer book called Catch Them Being Good. Everything You Need to Know to Successfully Coach Girls. And this is by Tony DeCicio De and Colleen Hacker. 
and uh, the head coach and sports psychology consultant to the 1996 Olympic gold medal and 1999 World Cup champion U.S. women's uh, soccer teams, uh, and uh, Charles Salzberg, I, did, I believe, did the actual writing for this. But this is a great one for uh, coaches. The reason I put it in here is it's, uh, one, it highlights the differences between coaching boys and girls or men and women. And this is really important. And I think a lot of coaches miss this. We think adults are adults, but men and women uh, have very different uh, aspects uh, that we are strong with and we look at things differently. And I actually just had a conversation with an athlete the other day about how, you know, men go to the store, you say we need bread and we need milk and we need uh, dish soap. And we tend to go in and say, great, where are each of these things? And then we go through each of them and then we get distracted on the way out. Uh, whereas women tend to go, okay, we need these three things. And then they're walking down the aisle. They're like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? Now, this isn't a generalization. I'm not being sexist. Uh, this was uh, printed out somewhere else. I can't remember where it was. I think it was uh, Shopping Habits of Men versus Women, something like that. Um, where there tends to be more of a process oriented for females and men seem to be, you know, again, it varies person to person, but check boxes, just get, tell me what I need to do and I'll get it done kind of thing. And again, it varies uh, with the personality, but uh, Catch Them Being Good highlights, it does a fantastic job of highlighting uh, the differences between men and women in coaching boys and girls. And I strongly recommend uh, picking that up if you're a coach. Uh, so that's about developing mental toughness and uh, better human beings in a way that is appropriate for the different sexes. Now, the next one is by Jay Abraham, uh, getting everything you can out of all you've got. Uh, and real ap applicable action steps that can't miss. Uh, essentially, what this is, is this is an easy to read, uh, really short to medium length chapters with great take-home exercises for you to do at the end of each one. Uh, this is a great one for coaches to give over uh, to their athletes, or if you're a self-coached athlete, it really allows you to get to know yourself a little bit better. Now, one that I, I think should be in every single triathlete or runner's uh, uh, Bookshelf is Magical Running by Bobby McGee. And Bobby's, uh, I think, one of the best running coaches. He and Brad Hudson, I, I would say, are the top two uh, here in the last uh, 15 years. And Bobby McGee's been very active with USA Triathlons. You'll recognize his name. Uh, he's done a number of their coaching uh, seminars on the weekend, as well as a number of uh, programs for, for coaching as well. But his book, Magical Running, is really great. It's a, it's a active read in that there's going to be uh, exercises for you to do and uh, to go through. It's a really fantastic read. It's a book that I've probably given away about 35 or 40 copies uh, that I've bought for athletes over my years coaching, uh, which are well received and, and it goes into action uh, very, very well. So I strongly recommend picking that up. You can get it at, uh, I think, bobbymcgee.com uh, or Amazon, I'm sure. Uh, the last one is uh, more of a general mindset. And, and while the title is not relative to sport, the main recurring theme is, and it's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, this book is the foundational work for a lot of the self-help or, or personal development professionals uh, and experts such as Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Les Brown. Uh, there are a number of other books out there, uh, but Think and Grow Rich is all about the thought process and how we think about things and what we focus on is what we're going to get. Now, it's written in older English, so it was uh, written, I think, in late 1800s, early 1900s. So there's a little bit of you know, struggle for modern English versus going through uh, the language that Napoleon uses, 
So if you have any athletes who are really impatient and not really readers, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, instead, I would point them to Tony Robbins or Les Brown or Jim Rohn to, to listen, uh, or Brendan Burchard is the, the modern one right now uh, with Tony Robbins. And I'd recommend that you point them in their direction or Zig Ziglar. And while it's, you know, a lot of people think that that's developing a very different, like rah, 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 really when you start digging into Tony and Les and Jim and, and Zig, uh, it's about building a mental toughness to hold a positive attitude over the ups and downs of life and to be able to to come out on top. Uh, as Zig Ziglar says, meet you at the top. And a lot of it is just this process of becoming a better person, improving yourself. And that's the other side of the mental toughness. And that's really the underlie for everything we're going to build on, on top of for sport. Now, maybe sport is that lever that you're going to pull that's going to be the, the pressure sensor that gets you to actually push and, and go forward uh, and actually progress as a human being because you want to become a better cyclist or triathlete or runner. That's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just understand that these lessons we're learning through sport are that which are going to help make you a better, uh, fitter, tougher human being, both from a, a mental standpoint as well as from a standpoint of physically. And uh, this is something that I think we're seeing much more open. Tim Farron mentioned a couple of weeks ago on part one, I think that was episode 69. Uh, he talked about how he had interviewed some writers about the mental toughness. And uh, we're going to hear next week from a really mentally tough individual, Jonas Deichmann. And Jonas, I'm, I'm purposely putting this uh, the week of Christmas, essentially, because uh, he's going around the world. He's doing a 120 times distance of the triathlon. Ironman Triathlon. Uh, he just finished the swim here at the end of November. I think November 24th or 25th, he finished the swim leg and he's starting his bike leg. And he's doing this around the world, completely self-supported. So he swam, he pulled along a waterproof buoy behind him with all of his stuff, uh, whatever it is he's taken. He's picking up his bike and doing it on his own. Uh, and this guy has done a fantastic job. He's also a motivational speaker and, and inspirational speaker, I should say, uh, because motivation comes and goes, but inspiration sticks with you. It speaks to your soul. So that's what we have coming up next week with uh, Jonas Deichmann, a fantastic episode, and I'm really excited. But for right now, make sure you're picking up one of those books. Grab it off of Kindle, uh, Mind Gym, Catch Them Being Good, Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got, Magical Running, uh, or thinking grow rich or just listening, you know, head on over to YouTube. If you're auditory like myself, you like to listen to things, uh, go ahead and listen to Les Brown or Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar or Tony Robbins or whoever uh, you jive with. I started off with Les Brown and then I went to Tony Robbins and then I went back to Les Brown and then I went to Zig Ziglar and then I went to Jim Rohn. Now I go back to some of Les's stuff and it just doesn't talk to me as much. I'm in a different place uh, in life. And that's the beauty about having uh, different opinions and different aspects on the same thing. And, and that's where men being mentally tough, uh, hey, this has worked for me, but let's try something new. And that's one of the things that we're going to close with here is that uh, one of the unique things that I've noticed with the uh, three or four, I think four uh, true Navy SEALs that I've actually met, real Navy SEALs who are actually doing it, really are, as well as special operations uh, uh, specialists abroad. Uh, and a couple different uh, uh, armed forces and countries that I've worked with uh, on a fitness standpoint is they are always curious and looking how to do it better. 
no one person has the right answer. And that's where, you know, consulting with a coach or talking with others, other athletes and asking them, how do you do that? What do you think of this? And actually being open for that conversation is where they truly shine. And that's what makes them the best of the best. It's not the fact that they're the most physically fit or mentally tough, uh, which they are uh, most well-rounded, most uh, skilled for what they do. They are. What makes them truly mentally tough is their humility. And this is where, you know, one of the characteristics that I've noticed for these special operators that I've worked with, especially in a fitness realm, is they're so freaking humble. This isn't the, oh, well, next time I can do five seconds better because X, Y, and Z. No, no. It's, yeah, man, I could not have given a better time. <clears throat> I think uh, next time I could I could probably you know if I can get one other two other things dialed in I could I could probably do even better. That's their mentality, and then they come back after class or after the session, they'll come back with a coffee or, or a snack. Hey, can I talk to you a little bit about what you saw today and and can you can you kind of share with me? And then it's a conversation. They're curious. They are really curious. And this is something that I've seen with all of the top performers uh, across coaches and athletes and special ops uh, and business professionals is they are genuinely curious. And the mentality they come in with uh, and their mental toughness is, I've had a lot of experiences, I've had a lot of failures, but the failures just show me another way not to do it. And I want to learn from someone who has done it. And they come into the, the with the attitude to each conversation of what can I learn from this person? as opposed to, I'm going to teach them. What can I teach them? Uh, we hear this, uh, Dr. Stu McGill said back, uh, I think it was episode six and seven, one of the early ones that we had, uh, is, uh, you know, he said, essentially along the lines of, uh, for every one or two questions, for every one question that I have answered, uh, I find that I have 10 more that are now new or unanswered. And those were episodes eight and nine. Dr. Stuart McGill, Back Pain in Cyclists and Triathletes, part one, and part two, Be an Athlete 24-7. So lots of resources for you here uh, to keep listening and learning on the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete podcast. Please make sure you're giving us a five-star rating. Share us with five other people who need to hear about what true mental toughness is. Not just being tough through a single event, but actually building themselves to be resilient, durable, strong, and able to handle the ups and downs with an even keel. Until next time, remember, train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you. That's it for this episode of the Strong Savvy Cyclist and Triathlete Podcast with world-leading strength coach for cyclists and triathletes, Menachem Brody. Don't miss an episode. Hit that subscribe button and give us a review. For more exclusive content, visit humanvortextraining.com or get the latest expert videos from Coach Brody on the HVT YouTube channel at HV Training. Until next time, remember to train smarter, not harder, because it is all about you.